Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Are you so hurt? with the issue in front of you that it's all about you and you've forgotten why God called you to do what he's asked you to do? You see, we have to get on the road again. We have to go forward, not in our strength, but in his. We're role models for people. It's not pull yourself up by the bootstraps. It's allow the spirit of God to empower us to go forward. And when we go forward, it's never about us. It's about preaching the good news. You ever get tired of people? Of course you do. The way they treat you or those around you or the way people are treated in general, it gets hard to watch. It might even get you thinking that you'd be better off alone. Pastor Mark will be teaching today that while that attitude might be understandable, it's not the way the Christ follower is called to live. He'll be reminding you that every believer is to live like Jesus did. Jesus reached out to people, even those who were hard to love and loved them anyway. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 12 as he continues his message. God says, get moving. I didn't mention this when we went to it. There's a very common phrase with that. It's a good thing for you to write in your Bible. As you're contemplating things that you're doing in your life, not sin, sin is always wrong, but await good things that probably wrong priorities. But if it's a priority, just put a little note in your Bible. Is it a weight or is it a wing? In other words, if what I'm doing is a good thing, but it's not the best thing, then it's actually going to be a weight. It's going to slow me down in my race. But if it's a wing, it's going to help me move along in my race. And so I can't answer that question for you. But you can answer it. As you're contemplating doing things, is it a weight or is it a wing? Not talking about sin. Sins are wrong. But that's where you have to do this self-examining kind of thing to see what's really happening in your life. Now, You heard me say this, and I think this comes from Adrian Rogers, or it may not be Adrian, maybe somebody else, but it's a great thing. I've got it stuck in my brain now. Glance at your problem, but gaze on the Lord, because the Lord is your solution. So when you have the problem, glance at it. All that means is don't focus on it all the time. If you're focused on the problem all the time, you'll never see the solution, because I'm always focused. When Peter was on the water... When he had his eyes on Jesus, did he have a trouble? He had no trouble. When he looked down and saw the ways, he went, how in the world am I doing this? He was gone. So he gazed on Jesus and he was doing great. When he started to gaze on the water, it's over. Maybe you're here. 
And all you can think about is that situation that's in front of you. That's where your focus is. Take it off that. Look at it. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Who lies before you? Jesus. Mark out a straight path to your feet. Stay on that. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. So just go forward. Go forward. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. And I have to say that to myself. I have to do that. Remember the first point? Get back in the race. Encourage yourself in the Lord. So sometimes I just absolutely have to do that in this quiet time that I have for the Lord. Now, how do I encourage myself in the Lord? Here's a great one. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Sometimes I need, you'll understand this term, you need a second wind. You're walking and you're running or exercising and you're kind of losing. All of a sudden, you kind of, it comes back again. Sometimes that happens to you at work. You start off, you had your coffee in the morning, you got going going pretty good, and then there's no coffee and whatever, and eat this big lunch, and man, you're like about had it and whatever, and all of a sudden you catch this second wind again, and you start again. Well, that's what I'm talking about. My second wind is going to come from my mouth. If I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord, I'm going to have to pray to God. Now, this verse, let's remind ourselves, Hebrews 4.16, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So I don't want to focus on the problem. I want to focus on the solution. The solution is always God. God, whatever you're doing in here, give me strength. Maybe you won't show me everything that's happening, but I know you're my heavenly father I know you're a loving God. I know it's good for me. It isn't sin. I'm not talking about sin. It isn't sin. So it is something that you want to work in and through my life. Give me the strength to do it. So we can approach that throne of grace anytime. We can open the word of God and meditate on it. And then what I like to do sometimes is simply pray the word of God. By the way, if you pray the word of God, you're always in the will of God. Because that is the will of God. So I'll just use some verses sometimes and pray that. Now, the next thing I wrote, you don't need to write down, but it's a great reminder to you. God is somebody who, well, to be honest, you don't have to make an appointment with him. Notice this next statement. God is the best counselor in the world. He's reasonable. And he's on call 24-7. Do you know that God's reasonable? He's free. He says, come to me anytime. Try that at a doctor's office. (laughs) Try that at a counseling office. Won't happen. Where's your insurance? Where's your forms? We understand that. They have to make a living. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns it all. So how am I to approach him? I'm just to go to him and say, God, I don't understand. I'm really weary. Can you help me? Yes, he can. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me insight. Help me to take my mind off the problem and focus it on my loving Heavenly Father. You're doing stuff in my life. You want me to learn. Show me what you're doing in my life. Now, back to Hebrews 12, 13. Now, this verse has really two applications, two ways that we're going to go with it. And I think it's a beautiful picture. And that's why I think God just stopped me. 
as I was going to finish the other things on bitterness and peace and grace. Verse 13, make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. I think there's two applications, two meanings to this. Number one, the writer says, allow God to point out the area in your life or my life that needs healing. That area that is causing me to be lame and I'm not running efficiently. Let God point that out. Why did I get weary? What did I get discouraged about? What was the situation that happened? One of the things that will happen in your life that will lame you, that will sideline you, is bitterness. If you're not at peace with people, if you have unforgiveness, that root of bitterness will absolutely incapacitate you in your walk with God. So the only person that can do that, remove it, is you with God's help. But there's a lot of other things that happen in our lives. So God's going to point out something in my life that's keeping me from running. Of course, if I'm weary and tired and I'm blaming God for it, I'm not going anywhere. I have to understand God's a loving God. He's allowed this. Second application. Once I encourage myself in the Lord, make level paths for your feet, get back on the path, get going, move on in God's strength, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. So as I get myself back running, and I'm healthy again, on the race, there's going to be others. There's going to be other Christ followers that have gotten discouraged, that are going through a trial, that can't figure out why God's allowing this. They're just stopped. What am I supposed to do with them? I'm supposed to help them get up. Notice, read it. Make level paths first for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. In other words, I'm to be an encourager for others who are running lame with hurts, discouragements, or could even be a sin in their life. You get a call on the phone, and the lab result is something you can't believe. Do you have somebody to call? Certainly, number one, you're going to call God. But do you have somebody to call? Do you have somebody to say, man, I need help. I'll never forget. My mom died when I think she was 43 or 44, something like that. I remember the night, we just put her in the hospital a few days before. I was in college, finishing up my exams. And I remember getting the call. It was late at night. And I remember the phone ringing. And my brother and my dad and I were in the house. And dad came into the room and said, Mom's died. My brother was 16. I was 21. I remember going to the hospital, them covering her up, kind of saying goodbye. I don't remember a lot of that. And I remember my dad getting on the phone, and he called one of the deacons in the church. He said, George, can I come over? Woke him up, because it was like 1 a.m. They had coffee on. We went over, and we cried together. You see, there was somebody there. 
Oh, you'll need that. You will need that. You can't tough that out alone. You have to be there for people. And I want to challenge you because this is what the writer's saying. Get yourself going. By the way, that turned around and all those years before, my dad had done what with that family? He'd been there for them. We'd been at their house many times when there was all kinds, I don't need to go into that, all kinds of family issues. So it just turned around. And that's exactly what the writer's trying to say. Now, God made us to be interconnected. You know that. We're to have influence on each other. We're people. If they watch us, they'll have influence on you. You don't even need to write this statement out, but notice it says, you'll be a person of influence. You will. So people are watching you. They're looking at you. They're trying to see what's happening. I'll read it to you. God reminds us that we have an influence on other Christ followers. He reminds us. That's what that passage is about. That's what that one verse is about. You're not doing this alone. The other night in the elders, and of course every week in the pastors, we just ran around and prayed for different needs, specific needs in the elders. The guys had needs and family needs and issues and whatever. We did the same thing today in our meeting. We just talked about with the pastors, different things. See, we're just like you. We're just exactly like you. And so he puts us together to minister to our needs one to another. Now, keep your finger right there. We'll be back a little bit. Go to Acts chapter 14 for a moment. If Paul is the writer to the Hebrews, what he just wrote makes so much sense because he lived it. Look at Acts chapter 14. Scoot on down to verse 18. Now remember Paul and Barnabas. Barnabas, an encourager, guy that was always there, lifting people up and bring them on. Come on, you can do it. We can make the next corner. Come on, we'll make the next corner. That was what Barnabas was like. Notice verse 18. Even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. What had happened is Paul and Barnabas had just healed a lame man supernaturally with God's power. And the pagans thought Paul and Barnabas were gods. So they kind of wanted to bow down to him and worship. And notice, they couldn't keep the crowd from sacrificing to them. But Paul and Barnabas, basically, they refused the worship and they just said this. No, 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 no. We're just human, just exactly like you. We're not gods. That was God's supernatural, the God that did this. Look at verse 19. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. And they stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city, thinking he was dead. Now some of these Jews from Antioch and Iconium had traveled up 100 miles, and they were going to try to stop. They hated Paul. Well... For sure, they lamed Paul on the road to life. Was he dead? We don't really know. There's some scholars believe that he was, and God supernaturally raised him to life. Other ones that he was almost dead, but he was supernaturally healed by God. That doesn't matter. But look at verse 20. Now, you have this crowd. They just stoned Paul. I mean, think about this. You're a follower of Christ. You can identify yourself? If you had your... Calvary Chapel hat on. And they just stoned the person next to you that had a Calvary Chapel hat on. 
Am I right? Careful. Say, oh, no, I'm bold. Yeah, right. Look at verse 20. But after the disciples had gathered what? Around him. You see, instead of running away, these bold disciples stopped to help Paul. As they look at the ground, they see Paul battered, bruised, bleeding. What do you think was going through their mind? I know what was going through their mind. It's going to cost us to serve God. You mean God allowed that happen to Paul? So these new believers have the courage to be with Paul, to pray for him, to encourage him, to be there. By identifying with him out in the open, they know their own lives are at risk. Next thing you want to write. We need courage to help those who are hurting. We have to be there for people. We have to take risks for people. We have to go with them. There was an individual that went to the hospital, and they didn't have to go alone. Somebody went with them while they waited for their loved one to go through surgery. You said, well, maybe you have to take off three hours of work to do that. Take it off if God says it to you. You see, we have to be there for people, guys. You, you can't just expect, of course, we are here to do that, but you can't just expect the guys on staff to do that, the ladies on staff to do that. There's too big a church. So I have this wonderful volunteer ministry headed by Donna Marjo. They have this all kinds of people that visit the hospitals every day and all those kind of things. But you can't expect them necessarily to sit there for four hours with somebody. But if that person's in your home group and their husband's going through surgery or their wife and it's on your heart, God will say to you, go sit with them. So you have to have the courage to do whatever it takes to be there with them, to hold them up, to help them. They're lame. They're hurting right at that point. Now, Look at verse 20. This is amazing. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up. What do you think of that? Just been stoned. Maybe dead. He got up. That's a miracle you can trust. There's no hype. There's nobody around hyping it. There's no offering taken. That's a miracle you can trust. God did it. Well, when he got up, here's what Paul said. Paul says, let's get out of this place. Let's get on the road and run. Is that what happened? He got up and went what? Back into the city. This is amazing to me. He courageously returned to Lystra. I mean, what is he doing? He's a role model. He says, you guys helped me. I was lame on the road. I was bruised. I was almost dead. But you came by. You encouraged me. No doubt you prayed for me. God healed me. He got up, and by doing that, he encouraged those that had encouraged him. Do you see the play? It's back and forth. And of course, what he was saying to those new believers was, hey, Satan had a plan. God took care of it. Relax. And look at verse 20. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. So, Paul and Barnabas, a day after he's stoned, left for dead, or dead, we don't know. He's what? When I read that, the next day, they get on the road and they leave for Derby. That song came out to me, on the road again. 
Willie Nelson, on the road again, just can't wait to get on the road again. The life I love making with my friends, I can't wait to get on the road again. Going places I've never been, seeing things I've never seen again. I can't wait to get on the road again. Now, think about this. Relax, I won't do it again. All right, think about this. When he's on the road again, what do you think the spirit of Paul and Barnabas is? Do you think it's like, oh, man. No, the joy of the Lord was their strength. They're on the road again. God allowed that. Now, we know that during that time, probably Paul had that vision and all these things and went to heaven. We don't know all the deal that happened there. But amazing things God did. And yet Paul was on the road again. Barnabas, his buddies, right there with him. And they're going on. You see, that's what the race is about. It's not this short little race. It's a marathon. And there's going to be these kind of times. And so we're to help the lame up, get ourselves straight first, help the lame up, and back and forth it goes. Look at verse 21. And they preached the good news in that city and won a large number of disciples. When I did that, I just, wow, wow, keep the main thing, the main thing. You see, what did the Satan try to do? Stop the good news. Paul says, you're not going to stop me. You can't defeat God in me. You're not going to stop me. Let me ask you, has he stopped you? Are you so hurt with the issue in front of you that it's all about you and you've forgotten why God called you to do what he's asked you to do? You see, we have to get on the road again. We have to go forward, not in our strength, but in his. We're role models for people. It's not pull yourself up by the bootstraps. It's allow the Spirit of God to empower us to go forward. And when we go forward, it's never about us. It's about preaching the good news and seeing people saved. Well, it doesn't end there. Look at verse 21. And they preached the good news in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. They retraced their steps to the town they had visited earlier. And they'd fled from these initially because of the attack. And they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. Back to the same place they bid. Before it was in danger. Why did they go back? Well, they knew there was something. They had left believers there, and they left, and they knew something wasn't right. Look at verse 22. And when they went back, what did they do? Strengthening the disciples, encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. That's beautiful. You see, Paul needed people to help him up. First, he needed the supernatural touch of God. Then he needed people to help him, encourage him, pray for him, be with him. He in turn did that for the others. He'd been doing it vice versa, back, forward, back, forward. They go back into the dangerous area. They encourage the disciples. Pastor Mark taught today about spiritual wings and spiritual weights. You learned that part of running a race is to get rid of all unnecessary weights. Pastor Mark shared that there are weights in the spiritual realm These need to be discovered and then discarded. 
you also found out that in this weight loss program, God has a part, you have a part, and the other runners have a part too. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Pastor Mark's next teaching will bring us to the end of God Says, Get Moving. You'll be talking about the importance of having other people to come alongside you as you run this race of life. You'll learn about the Apostle Paul and the importance of his companions to his ministry. Pastor Mark will appeal to you to encourage you to find good friends and to be a good friend. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. has seen and our ears have heard his word made flesh in a hurting